123. Found some glasses, if these are yours, that are here. They're not much glasses. Matter of fact, I don't think, maybe these are just blue light glasses because I can see everybody just as well as I did before I put them on. So that may just be, you know, fashion statement glasses. I don't know, but if they're yours, they're up here. Remember that. Just remember that. Anybody else got anything? 123rd Psalm, it's just kind of a starting spot that we've been in for a few weeks as we've been preaching on some great things. There's one thing about it, over the last couple of weeks you would have to say that we've had great services, <laughs> amen. And great preaching, because that's what I preached on, it's great things. Last uh, Week before last, we preached on a great church. I preached that message again this morning on the radio. Aren't you glad to be a part of a great church? Then last, last week, I preached on some great promises. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God made some great promises, and uh, they're mine. Amen. I want us to... We'll read our text verse again, 123rd Psalm, verse number uh, 3. And the Bible says uh, there, Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us for exceedingly. Let's see, I'm in the wrong Psalm, 126th Psalm, I'm sorry. 126th Psalm, verse 3. That's what you get for thinking you know what you're doing. The Lord, the Lord hath done great things for us. Whereof we are glad. I'll say this this morning again. If anything good's going to be done, it'll be the Lord. If anything great's going to be done, certainly be the Lord. Now turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter number 5. Matthew chapter number 5, one verse of Scripture. Here the Lord says, Rejoice, verse 12, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Let's pray together. Father, we ask, Lord, in Jesus' name that you'd touch and help, Lord, the service time this, this morning. I pray, God, that you'd get the glory out of everything that's said. I pray, God, that you would touch hearts. Lord, across this congregation today, do a mighty work. We'll thank you and praise you for all that's accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'd preach a little while this morning if the Lord will be our helper on a great reward. A great reward. Then, Lord willing, if the Lord will help us to be back tonight, I'm going to preach on great faith. And over the last few days, God has show me some things both about rewards and about faith that I've never seen before. And I hope to be a blessing and a help to you. But this morning I want us to think about great reward. Now here in Matthew 5, the Lord is giving his sermon on the mount. 
And if you want to read some great preaching, read the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, down through, of course, these Beatitudes, he begins to talk about being uh, persecuted for him. And he mentions a great reward uh, there in verse number 12. He says there, rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Uh, And I want us to think a little while about the great reward that lays out yonder for every child of God. How many of you this morning are glad that you're saved by God's amazing grace? I tell you, if there was no heaven and if there was no hell, I'd still want to live the life of a saved man because I believe that this life far exceeds the other life. I've seen the way other people live. I believe that living for Jesus is far better. But I'm telling you that this world is not the end. There is a life after this one way or the other. Uh, either an eternity in hell or an eternity in heaven. Where is our final reward? Uh, so I'm glad this morning that I'm saved. Uh, as Maze Jackson used to say, I'm heaven bound with a hammer down. Uh, There's nothing the devil can do about it. I'm going to my reward one day. I'm glad that just as sure as there is a hell, there is a heaven. Now we used to do a lot of preaching on heaven. People used to get excited about it. But you see, we've got it made so good on this earth now that it hardly gets us excited or stirred up anymore. But I want to try to stir your hearts a little this morning as we think about heaven and think about that reward. And it's at the Bible said, uh, Jesus said uh, that it's a great reward. Uh, I'm glad that I'm headed not to just some reward, uh, not to just a mediocre reward. Uh, I'm glad this morning that I am headed, uh, hey, thank God for a great uh, reward. Uh, That's all to think about. Now, this is hardly the only time in the Bible uh, that rewards are mentioned. We'll find in Psalm 19, verse number 11, that we are told about a reward for hearing and keeping the word of God. The Bible says, Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Did you know the Bible talks there in the uh, the 19th Psalm about this Bible being like a honeycomb, being sweet to the taste? I love this book. You're going to get a lot of it this morning because I love this book. I'm talking about it being sweet to the taste, but then the psalmist went on to say that if you believe what the Bible says, it is a great reward. Hey, I'm glad I believe the Bible. Amen. Those of you that are here visiting this morning, you say, what kind of church is this? It's a Bible-believing church. Amen. I believe we ought to make much of the Bible. I don't believe you can make enough of the Bible. I believe you ought to walk by the Bible, believe the Bible, read the Bible, preach from the Bible, teach from the Bible, amen, everything that goes on at the church ought to have something to do with the Bible. Why? Because in keeping them, that is the statutes of God, that is the word of God, there is a great reward. I believe there's a lot of people that have thrown away the Bible. They've went to philosophy, they've went to feel good services, they've tried to become motivational speakers, but I believe if you won't really rewarded. You got to stick with this book. Hey, hey, I believe if you want rewarded, you got to stick with the King James Bible. Somebody say amen. 
So I love my Bible this morning. I love the reward that comes with rich. So we're told of reward. We're told of the reward of living righteous in Proverbs eleven eighteen. The Bible said, the wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. The Bible tells you if you live a right life, stay out of, stay out of wickedness, stay away from the ways of the world, that that is a rewarding life. Amen. That's a life of reward. We're told in the Word of God, as a matter of fact, from our Lord's lips, the very last thing that he says in Revelation chapter number 22 and verse number 12, look what he said there. He said, and behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. And so the very last promise of the Lord is of a reward that is to come. And that's what I want to look at for just a little while. Now, let me say this to you this morning. This is an important thing that you get your mind around. It's that the rewards that are being talked about are kind of like the promises we talked about last week. They're not earthly. You see, that's where a lot of people get messed up. They're looking for earthly rewards. They serve God, and then problems come in, and they say, why is God doing this to me? How come I can't, why ain't I getting rewarded for serving him? But you see, serving God's not about earthly rewards. Uh, uh, serving God's about heavenly rewards. Uh, amen. Uh, salvation is reward enough in this life. Uh, and I'm glad there are rewards that are coming uh, for those that serve God, live for God, do something for God. Uh, there is a reward coming. So I'll think about this more. So we think about salvation. Now salvation is God's gift. It is uh, salvation is the result of God's work for us. And the rewards that I'm going to preach about this, uh, this morning is the recompense that we receive as our work for Him. Now, we're not saved by works. It's not of works lest any man should boast. You see, salvation, my friend, is our present and eternal possession, but our reward is our future realization. Salvation was a gift, but these rewards that I'm going to be preaching to you about this morning, they have to be earned. I don't know about anybody else, but I don't want to just slide into heaven by the skin of my teeth. I don't want to just barely get in and not have any rewards in heaven. You see, heaven lasts for an eternity, and there's rewards that can be earned in heaven. And I want to earn some rewards. And I'm telling you, in this shallow age of shallow Christianity, it's everything, Colton, is just about just barely scooting by. Just uh, going to church a little, scooting by, living loose, doing whatever you want to do. But I'm telling you, there's a rude awakening coming one of these days when we get to heaven and we find out there was an eternity worth of rewards out there that we could have earned, but instead in this little bitty point of time that we lived in, we decided to live loose and live according to the flesh and we messed up and did not receive any of the rewards that were out there and available in heaven. And I believe it's going to be a rude awakening one of these days when our eyes are open to the fact that there was an eternity of rewards that we could have earned. 
but we failed to earn them. Now, think about these rewards, great rewards, the Bible said. Now, let me give you just a few things this morning. Number one, I want us to think about it in the way of listing man's little treasures. The Bible said in Matthew chapter number 8 and verse number 36, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? The first thing that I want to point out to you this morning is the things that this world values. That is titles and that is trophies and that is treasures. Really, what they are is only they're only toys. Uh, uh, they're all, hey, they're only trinkets in the vast uh, span of things. Uh, people try to work for a position. Uh, people try to work for a bank account. Uh, people want to drive the fanciest cars. Uh, some of you are so far in debt you'll never see the top uh, uh, because you wanted to have the fanciest car. And everybody say, boy, look at them. Uh, they must really be doing good. Uh, and in reality, you're struggling to make your payments every month. Come on now. It's a, it's a burden on your back. I'm not preaching on that, but I'm just going to simply say it do, it do some of y'all good spiritually to drive them fancy cars down to the, down to the car lot and say, what will you give me for this? And just give me something that will run. I don't care if it looks good or not. Man, I don't care if it looks good or not. I'm tired of being under the financial burden. But you see, we all are guilty, even me, every Every last one of us uh, are guilty. Just shake your little Baptist heads up now. Uh, we're all guilty of wanting the very best things, the very fanciest things, uh, and the very most flashy things. Uh, and we'll work and invest and go in debt uh, and worry ourselves over it. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, uh, it's not worth anything. Uh, the treasures of this world, they don't amount to anything. They're nothing. Nothing. They'll either, listen to me now, they'll either, they'll either not last you or you won't last them, one or the other. I love where I live. I say, thank God. I love Escota, North Carolina. I love my house. I love, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, last night I saw where they were talking about, somebody shared a, a post about a church in New York State needing a, a pastor and I, I scrolled through that fast. I thought, I don't even want to think about that because I don't want to move. <laughs> I love where I live. Hallelujah. But you know what's the truth, TJ? Somebody, if the time lasts, somebody else will live in my house one day. That's, I mean, that's mind-boggling to me. I, I hope it's family. I hope they keep it in the family. But uh, somebody else, I was thinking about the other day, we spent last Sunday down there in that old house that used to belong to my granddaddy, and we spent the whole day. I said to them, and there laid Israel on the floor, and I said, reckon my Papa Wilson could have ever imagined that his great, 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 great grandson would be laying in this floor in this old house, uh, and we'd be sitting here watching TV on a flat screen TV, uh, and watch, I said, reckon he'd ever even thought about it, reckon he'd ever even considered it, uh, but but you see what we have in this world is like sand going through our fingers. Hey, you'll live in it today and somebody else will live in it tomorrow. Somebody else will drive your vehicle one of these days. Somebody else will spend your money. Are you hearing what I'm preaching today? Because what is in this life only lasts for a little while. That's the reason we ought to set our eyes on heavenly treasures because earthly treasures are temporal. They only last a little while. 
It don't matter if you got a billion dollars. Somebody else will spend it one day. Then not only is there a look at man's little treasures, but then there's a consideration of man's light trials. Now stay with me right here. Here's what Paul said in Romans 8. He said, for I reckon, Romans 8, 18, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now, suffering is an ever-present reality. Let me tell you something. It casts a long shadow off over humanity. And I'm going to tell you this morning that it rains on the just and the unjust. Did you know what? Saved people have trouble. Hey, don't fall for the lie from Joel Olstein and Rod Parsley. <laughs> Saved people have trouble. But guess what? Lost people have trouble too. You know why? Because this life's filled with troubles. This life's filled with trials. This life, because of sin, is filled with heartache. Paul said, but look what Paul said. He said, I reckon. Amen. He must have been a southerner. I believe Paul's a... I believe Paul's from the South. I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, Paul said, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So there's this big question of sufferings. What about all these sufferings that we're going through? Well, the answer is faith. Look what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, 17. He said, for our light affliction, that which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight in glory. So Paul, he says there's a connection between the things we suffer, Miss Tanya, and the rewards in heaven. More suffering, more rewards. More trouble, more glory. More heartache, more joy. And Paul said, he said, hey, he said, I reckon that it's not even worthy to compare. Now back in Romans 8, 18, that word reckon, that's a numerical term. Now, if you get a hold of this, this will make, this will make a wooden Indian shout. Watch this. Paul said, he said, let's do a little reckoning. He said, for I reckon. He said, we're going to put in one column all of our sufferings, all of our problems, all of our heartaches, all of our troubles, uh, every last lost loved one, uh, every every uh, open heart surgery, uh, every stroke, uh, every sickness, uh, every disease, uh, every loss, uh, every problem. Uh, said we're going to list them all on one column, uh, and then he said in the other column, uh, we're going to list all the rewards. Uh, we're going to list all the glory. Uh, we're going to list all the all all the all the joy. Uh, we're going Hey, and he said, here's what I'd figured out when I did the math. Hey, them, them good things outweigh those bad things. Hey, man, hallelujah. He said, boy, that it's worth it all. It's worth every heartache. It's worth every trial. It's worth every trouble. It's worth every problem. Because there's a reward coming. That's going to make all this seem like nothing. Oh, my goodness. I'd say that's a great reward. Now I'd ask you something, what kind of math is that anyway? What kind of math is that? I mean, you think, what kind of math is Paul using to come up with that kind of figure where he's reckoning that all of our troubles, 
are, are, not, are nothing compared to all the glory. What's he coming up with? Well, let me, let me throw this at you right here. Bruce, he's a, he's a financial man. <laughs> Works at the insurance company, figures up all them life insurance policies, uh, and he can tell you that things are factored by a number of years, right? That's how much. You, that's how you figure finances. Uh, you go down to the car lot and you say, uh, I, "I don't pay no more than four hundred dollars on a car payment." And they say, "All right, we work that out," uh, and uh, it's a, a twenty-five year term or something like that. <laughs> so it's factored on a number of years, right? And uh, and, and and it multiplies. So the money multiplies uh, on a number of years. Let me tell you how Paul came up with this reasoning. He said, well, he said, suffering, I'll multiply that maybe by 75 years. Could be 80. Paul didn't live to be that old, but he said, could be 80. Might multiply that by a factor. Sufferings might be multiplied by a factor of 80 years. <laughs> then he said, now let's multiply glory. He said, I'll multiply glory by a factor of eternity. Hey, I'd say that pays out pretty good. Hey, when you've factored on one side by a factor of 80 years and you factor on the other side, that's heavenly mathematics. When you factor on the other side by a multiplier of eternity, Paul said, I'm here to tell you what we've got coming is better than what we've went through. He said, it's not anything. Hey, what we're going through is a light affliction. Now, Paul's a man who knew something about suffering. The Bible said there in 2 Corinthians 11, it said of the, verse 24, of the Jews five times received I 40 stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A day and a night I've been in the deep and journeyings often and perils of waters and perils of robbers, perils of my own countrymen and perils of heathen and perils in the city, and perils in the wilderness, and perils in sea, and perils among false brethren, in weariness, and in painfulness, and watching often, in hunger, and thirst, and fasting often, in cold, and in nakedness, besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. So Paul was a man that knew a thing or two about suffering. But I'll tell you what he said. He said, when I look at the glory that lays out there for me, he said, these are but light afflictions. Uh, I don't know what you're going through this morning. It might be, seems like something that's real big. Uh, and you've got physical ailments. You've got financial troubles. Uh, you've got heartaches. Uh, if we got to tell them about all our heartaches, boy, we'd all be a weeping and a crying. Uh, and I got good news for you this morning. Uh, that thing that you got going on that you feel like's real big uh, is but a light affliction. Uh, Paul said one of these days when we get to glory uh, and we see the glory revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, he said all of these things are going to seem uh, like a dream in the night. Uh, it's going to all be gone away and done away with it's going to seem like a light affliction hey I'd say that's a great reward so it's considered we consider it with a look at man's light trials but then I want you to think real quickly I'm almost done I want you to think about how we can learn about man's limited thoughts Isaiah 55 the Bible said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, 
So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Now in 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, Paul tells us that he was called up into the third heaven. I believe it was when he was stoned there at Lystra. They left him for dead. I believe he died there. And he went to heaven. Here's what Paul said. Paul said, when I was in heaven, here's what he said. This is so interesting. He said, I heard things not lawful for a man to utter. Heard things. I never had thought about that until last night. You would have thought Paul would have said, I saw things. And I saw what he said. He said, I heard things. And he said, what I heard, not what he saw, but what he heard was so good. He said, I couldn't even think of vocabulary words to describe it. Now, how many of you know tonight, this morning, that Paul is never at a loss for words? He wrote some of the most beautiful passages in the Bible. As a matter of fact, Paul is known for using 30 words where maybe 10 words would have sufficed. He knows how to write. But he said, I'm telling you. He said, when I got to heaven, I heard things and I don't even know how to put it in writing. He said, it's not even lawful for a man to utter it. If I was to write it down, you couldn't understand it. Much less what he saw. He he didn't even start to talk about what he saw. He just said, I heard. Maybe it's the angels singing. Maybe it was a conversation among the Trinity. Maybe it was them seraphims cried, holy, holy, holy. I don't know what he heard, but whatever it was that he heard, he said, I can't even talk about it. That's how good it is. I'm telling you, that's what I've got laying out for me this morning. It's something so good that Paul said, I can't even describe it. He said, what I heard, I can't even talk about it. If we were to set a canvas up up here this morning, Brother Neil, and give my dad a paintbrush, and if we were to give him the yellow from a light of the sun, the green from a fresh spring morning, the white from a new fallen snow, the blue from a cloudless summer sky, the red from 10,000 flaming sunsets, the pink from the blush of innocence, the breathtaking hues of autumn. If we were to give him rich and rare and radiant tones mixed by the most expert artist and gave him a brush, he still could not in all of his life paint a picture that would give us any idea about what heaven is like. I'm telling you, there's a great reward coming for the children of God. There's a great reward that lays out yonder. Oh, weeping may endure for the night, but I'm glad that joy cometh in the morning. There's a great reward that's going to be out there one day. I said a great reward. Then let me give you this right now. I'm done We can think about it and liken it to man's lesser thrills. The Bible said in Hebrews 11 and 25, here's what the Bible said about Moses, choosing rather to suffer the affliction of the people of God than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproaches of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Here's what the Bible said. The Bible said before there ever was a Bible, before there ever was an indwelling of the Holy Spirit, Moses said, I would rather have Jesus than all the riches of Egypt. The riches of Egypt would have been trillions of dollars. 
got stained on it last night. I'm just, I'm amazed by some of this stuff. I got stained on it last night, and I found where the ancient Egyptians, they estimate, dug or mined 7.1 tons of gold. That's 227,200 troy ounces of gold. Uh, that means over 42 and a half billion with a B dollars in today's currency. And that's just the gold the Egyptians had mined. Uh, not counting the jewels and all of the other things uh, that were the riches of Egypt. Uh, and Moses looked at those and said, I'd rather have what Jesus is God. Uh, and he said this. Uh, he said his reproach is better than the riches. Uh, his worst day is better than their best day. Uh, I just came by on a Sunday morning to tell you this, uh, there is a reward day coming to the faithful child of God. Uh, if you'll not give up and give out, uh, hey, there's a reward day coming for you uh, and we ought to all be pressing toward that mark uh, of that prize of the high calling uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, because there is a reward day coming. Now let me give you right, let me give right here, I'm going to give all the call. I preached all this way right here to preach right here. How can we earn this reward? Well, the Lord told us. He said, lay up not for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt. Rather, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. How in the world are we going to do that? You see, this life is a little bitty dressing room for a great big long eternity. We went Friday, Black Friday shopping because the women in my life are crazy. <laughs> but I was afraid for them to go by themselves, and so I went. And uh, one of the things I bought was these pants. And uh, you never know how a pair of pants are going to fit you, so I went in the dressing room, Academy Sports. And... Uh, that lady opened the door and I went in and as quick as I can, I tried on these pants and said, man, them's comfy. I'll buy them. Put on my other pants, walked out of the dressing room. Just that fast. And I thought, boy, that's just like I, my life, really. Life is just a little dressing room we step in. If we live 80 years, that seems like a long time, but in the, in the face of eternity, just boom. Step in a little dressing room and get ready to step out into our lives for eternity. But we put so much emphasis on this little point of time. Listen to me now, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to have so much and do so much. But I'm telling you, the only thing that will last for eternity is what's done for the Lord. God has given you four things to invest. Hang with me five more minutes. Four things to invest. Number one, he has given everybody in here time. You know the great thing about time? Everybody's got the same. I woke up this morning with 24 hours just like you did. It don't matter if you're a millionaire, a billionaire, or a poor man on the street. Everybody woke up with the same amount of time to spend a day, 24 hours. You can't lay over time for tomorrow. Time that you don't spend a day, it's just lost. It's gone. You can't... You can't Put it over till tomorrow. You can't borrow it. I can't, I can't go to Lakin and say, well, Lakin, you're a lot younger than I am, and I'm getting older, and I'd like to have a little more time. Could you borrow? 
even if she wanted to, she couldn't loan me any time. And so that's the reason Moses said, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. God has given you time to invest. How much of that time are you investing doing something for him? Really, honestly, we spend our time pursuing everything in the world besides doing something for the Lord. He's given us time. He's given us talents. Everybody in here has some sort of talent. Your talent may be musical. You may be the best piano player in the building. Your talent may be weed eating. You may be the best weed eater in the building. Your talent may be just talking to people and making people feel good. You've got a talent. Everybody in here has got some kind of talent. How are you investing your talent in the work of the Lord? I'm talking about gaining a reward someday in heaven. We've been preaching about it and waving our hands and saying glory, hallelujah. But how are we going to earn it? It has to be earned. There's tithe or treasure that God has given you. Some of you, you got big, big bank accounts. Some of you got small bank accounts. But everybody in here has got something in the bank account. How is it that you're investing your money in the work of the Lord? Are you helping missionaries? Giving to the church? Are you doing right in the area of tithe? And then everybody in here, the fourth thing, everybody in here, God... Has, has, has given you not only treasure and time, not only, not only talents, but he's given you a testimony. At the very least, you can open your mouth and say, the Lord has been good to me. I'm glad I'm saved. At the very least, you can tell somebody else about what God has done. I'm, he's given you those four things to invest and that investment brings an eternal dividend. I'm asking you this question. I'm going to give an altar call. How much treasures do you have laid up in heaven? How much treasure do you have laid up? There's a day coming. My sin, the good news is my sin's already been dealt with. When I die, it's not going to be whether or not I'm saved. That's done. My sin's dealt with. Matter of fact, I'm never going to hear about my sin. A lot of people think, well, when we die, and I've heard preachers preach this, we'll stand in front of a big old movie screen and God will play every bad thing we've ever done. No, he won't. That, they're gone. All them sins are gone. He's not going to play any of them sins. He's not going to mention our sins. That will not be mentioned. The blood of Christ paid for. You know what the judgment seat of Christ is all about? It's there at the judgment seat of Christ where we'll be judged for the deeds done in our body, for the works. They'll be judged for our works, whether they be wood, hay, or stubble. We'll be judged for the works that we've done there. That's where we'll receive a reward. Or we'll get nothing. I believe there'd be little old granny women we never even heard of carrying crowns and weighted down rewards going into heaven. And the angels shouting. I believe there'll be some big time preachers that they got all their reward down here. They made a name for themselves, put their name on the side of a bus 
had all their accolades down here, received all their money down here, and they'll walk into heaven. They're still going to heaven, but rewardless. I don't want that to be me, Zeke. I want to have rewards. I want to hear, well done, Josh, thou good and faithful servant. I want to receive something on the other side. And the only way I'm going to receive anything is if I've invested. How dumb would it be for me to say, well, Get up in the pulpit next Sunday and say, this is my last Sunday. I'm, I'm retiring. And uh, somebody come to me and say, well, preacher, congratulations on your retirement. So you've been putting up for retirement now. What do you mean putting up? Well, yeah, I put up for retirement if you're going to retire. Really? I thought you just retired. No, you got put up, so you got to invest. See, if I want to retire later, Billy, I, or Bobby, I got to invest today. I got to invest today. Am I right? Hey, am I right? If you're going to get a reward in heaven, you better start, you better start doing some investing in heaven today. Let's stand our feet, Father. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. Thank you, Lord, for the good liberty to preach. Thank you, Lord, for the good attention of your people. God, I pray that you'd move across this congregation. Lord, that you'd help us to realize our need to get to work. Lord, our need to do something for you. I pray, God, that you'd move up and down these pews and show people, Lord, that they're lacking in the reward area. And, Lord, I pray that you'd move on our hearts to get busy And Lord, do some things that would reap an eternal reward. Help us now as only you can. We'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Folks are already moving out of their pew. She's going to play a little something on the piano. You say, preacher, I want some rewards. I don't want to just coast through. I don't want to just make it through. I don't want to just slide into heaven by the skin of my teeth. I don't want to just barely get by. I want to invest. I want to invest my time. I want to invest my talent, my tithes, and my testimony. I want to invest in the work of the Lord that I could get some rewards one of these days when I get to heaven. I want to give it all to the Lord. Lock, stock, and barrel. I want to tell the Lord he can have me 100% every single day, every single way. I want the Lord to know that he's got all of me. Folks, gather around this altar for prayer and others are coming. Still room for you, preacher. I want to come today. Oh, I'm going to reward. I'm going to heaven one day. I'm sure of it. But I want some reward. And in order to do that, I'm going to have to get to work. I'm coming and volunteering and telling the Lord, whatever he wants out of me is what I'm going to do. I want to dedicate my life like never before to serve the Lord and to do right.